Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 19 of the 2024 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And yes, the NFL Combine is in full swing, recording this on Thursday, February 29th. And all I can say is Dallas Turner, Peyton Wilson, probably the top two, along with Braden Fisk, Braden Fisk, the athleticism, off the charts. This was a guy we knew the get-off, getting into the backfield, but the way that guy was moving, guaranteed a spot and round number two, in my opinion. We've got a lot to talk about, obviously. We'll have the recap going over each of the days. Who are the big winners? Who are the disappointments? Who's got a little bit of work to do? And really, who are the guys that are sending the scouts back to watch the film? We'll cover all of that in the coming days and weeks, obviously. Um... March 1st, we've got the defensive backs and tight ends. And then really what this podcast is going to be dedicated towards, because look, last podcast was all about the defense. This is going to be all about the offense. We're talking about quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, all showcasing their talents on Saturday, March the 2nd. And then March 3rd, we've got the offensive line and the specialists. We'll throw in the tight ends with this discussion as well in between uh, you know, March 2nd and March 3rd just so that we can go ahead and talk about the tight ends a little bit, who we can expect to show up and show out on March 1st. There's a lot to cover. we got 168 offensive players and six specialists. want to try to be able to discuss as many of these players as possible. So let's jump right into things. And look, I think the quarterbacks at the top made it easy for me, at least in terms of uh, you know, the guys that are actually working out. Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, consensus top three quarterbacks in the draft. And look, they're probably going to go one, two, and three in the draft. None of them are working out at the combine. They're all deciding to wait and work out at their pro day. Makes sense. When you look at the guys at the, at the top of the draft, guys like Matthew Stafford, Sam Bradford, and Andrew Luck all decided not to work out at the combine. Worked out okay for them. They were still the number one overall pick. Same goes for Caleb Williams. He's got as many as eight teams that he's going to be meeting with at the Combine. He'll, he'll still be busy. So in addition to the top three teams, Bears, Commanders, and Patriots, you're also looking at the Giants at six, Atlanta at, at eight, the Jets at ten, and then Vikings, uh, the Raiders, the Broncos, a lot of different teams that are going to want to at least interview Caleb Williams before things are all said and done. I think the thing with Caleb Williams, obviously he's a special talent in terms of the playmaking ability off script. Can he play within the confines of the offense, especially within the pocket? That's the biggest question mark, right? Um, I think his throws outside the numbers, he still struggles there with, uh, with accuracy from within the pocket. Um, but he's able to... You know, the, the accuracy over the middle, much better. You see the touch, you see the arm strength, you see the torque when he's on the move. It's absolutely ridiculous. 16 fumbles. There has to be a discussion there. When you think about USC quarterbacks with fumbles, you think of Sam Darnold. When he was coming out of SC, he couldn't hold on to the football. That really plagued him even when he got to the NFL. So that's going to be something that Caleb Williams, I'm sure that question will come up during those interviews. Jaden Daniels, we know what he is, that vertical threat. And then the ability to run as well. Uh, you know, most of his plays were made within the pocket. What happens when the play breaks down? You see the poise within the pocket, but you wonder, can he make plays outside the pocket 
doesn't really have to do that. A lot of the quarterbacks aren't doing that on the move, on the run all the time. Um, so Jaden Daniels, you know, we'll see him at LSU's Pro Day. And then Drake May. Drake May makes you know a lot of throws look effortless. Big body, a lot of contested catches by you know from his players, you know, and just the ability, the the accuracy, the the willingness to make those throws, trusting that arm, trusting the ball placement, and uh, does a good job throwing his receivers open as well. So that leaves the next tier of quarterbacks, and really these guys are going to get to be on full display as the top quarterbacks actually working out. And that's J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, and Michael Penix Jr. So if you're scoring at home, that's going to be QB, uh, QB5, QB7, and QB8 at the Combine. So they're all going to be working right in, the, in that same mix of, of players. And so you're going to get to, to really evaluate arm strength. You're going to be able to evaluate accuracy, ball placement, anticipation, with those throws, the touch on, on the short to intermediate throws. You want to see where Michael Penix Jr. is with that. I think he really struggles. That's where he struggles the most. The deep ball, we know, hey, he can he, he can hit these guys uh, in, in stride. It's unreal. You think about a guy like Carson Palmer and, and his ability with those deep balls uh, and the precision passing. You see him just drop the ball in a bucket, literally, uh, 50-plus yards. And, uh, you know, so you, you think about that, but I think for Penix Jr., it's really that touch. That's what he really needs to work on. And so you want to see what that looks like. For Bo Nix, I think it's really proving to everyone that he has the goods. People think about Bo Nix, they, they talk about, well, does he have the arm strength? You know, can he throw on the move? Uh, 61 starts under his belt. The intangibles are there. The leadership is there. So that's going to be the question mark. And I think the fun part about this is going to be that budding rivalry between Knicks and Penix Jr. It started in the Pac-12, Pac-12 championship. And then after that, you get uh, the Senior Bowl and all the workouts there. And now you're going to have them right next to each other at the Combine. And then just imagine if they get drafted by two teams in the same division where they're playing each other twice a year. Uh, you know, I think this is really going to be a budding rivalry. We're not going to see the last of it. Um, and then there's, there's J.J. McCarthy, maybe the most polarizing quarterback of the group. All, all three of these guys, there are some that, that talk about them. Hey, they're the number four quarterback. Uh, others have them in, at six. Uh, so it's, it's really interesting with, with all three of these guys. But J.J. McCarthy, I think there's the biggest swing because – the, the positive is, man, this guy, you see the flashes, you see the potential, you know, he's young, uh, he's brash, he's a good leader, and this is a guy that's able to make throws uh, on the move. You watch the uh, his ability to throw receivers open, the anticipation, uh, the ball placement, uh, very high-level stuff, but then he disappears at times. All of that stuff disappears. You know, the decision-making at times can, you know, can get him into trouble. Uh, and then... Obviously, you look at Michigan. Yes, they were a run-first offense, but at some point you want to see him take over a game, and he was never asked to do that. And so the question mark really is, is he? You know, is it really just a product of the system and that they were just running the football, or is there something that has to do with, with J.J. McCarthy himself? So you really want to see his workouts. I think the interviews are going to be key for him as well. Uh, you know, Obviously, uh, Jim Harbaugh speaks very highly of him thinks he should be QB1. Uh, you know, there's a, probably a little bit of bias there, but you know, I, I think 
that's really where you're going to see a lot of it play out. All three of these guys, I think, will interview very well. Uh, it's just going to be a you know, pick your poison in terms of what you what you're really looking for for a franchise. Then it gets into Spencer Rattler, Michael Pratt, Jordan Jordan Travis. That's the next group of, of receivers after this. I think Spencer Rattler could he go round two? It's possible, but I have him going round three. This is the guy that's continued to get better each and every year. Effortless arm strength, better than. Uh, what you would expect in terms of an athlete. Michael Pratt, I think this is the guy, just consistency is the biggest thing with him. You see the flashes, but you didn't see it all the time. So you want to see him consistently throw in, throw out. Can he make all the throws? And then Jordan Travis. We know that he's had a devastating leg injury. Um, he's, he's told Steelers Depot that he expects to be 100% by May, which is awesome in terms of that time frame. But I think he's going to kill his... Uh, his interviews. I think he's just going to absolutely nail them. Teams are going to fall in love with Jordan Travis, the leadership that he's shown uh, with the leg injury and, and everything else, and leading them. Obviously, the disappointment not getting into the playoff, uh, but he led that team uh, through all of that. And uh, so, this is the guy that I think you know he, he can handle adversity. We've seen that, and uh, I, I think he's a guy that's not getting out of round number four. So, teams desperate for a quarterback or looking for a quarterback possibly for the future get one in the first four rounds because then after that there's a steep drop off because that next group who's going to lead that group is it going to be Devin Leary out of Kentucky we saw the you know what he did at NC State looked like a, a guy that could be in the first four rounds you know in that conversation really had a weird senior year there at, at uh uh at Kentucky with the Wildcats and you want to see if he can rebound can he put the accuracy issues behind him? That's going to be key. Sam Hartman, Notre Dame. Obviously, the intangibles are going to be there. This guy's a leader, uh, a veteran. You know, he's played. You know, played a, a ton of football there at Wake Forest and then at Notre Dame. Um, but he's limited athletically. You know, he's he's just an okay athlete, okay arm strength. Nothing to, to write home about. Is he this year's Brock Purdy, if you will? Um, and then Austin Reed, I think, you know, is a, is a talented quarterback there at Western Kentucky. He's kind of one of those guys that's flying under the radar. And then Joe Milton out of Tennessee. Joe Milton III, cannon for an arm, struggles with accuracy. He's really only got one speed, and uh, he's one of those guys, you know, he's kind of a fringe draftable quarterback at this point. Um, so, obviously, the arm strength is going to wow teams. They're going to say, you know what, maybe he should be a developmental prospect. So keep an eye out there for him as well. Uh, so 14 total quarterbacks. Uh, we can see as many as 13 of them drafted. We, we've had uh, an average of 11 quarterbacks drafted over the last three years. Uh, so I, I think it's right in that range with this group. Uh, you think about 14 that were drafted a season ago. Look, you know, Keaton Slovis from BYU, potentially uh, Talia Tagovailoa of Maryland, uh, Tagovailoa, Carter Bradley of, of South Alabama, the biggest snubs in the group. I think really at the end of the day, uh, you know, the, the 13 that I mentioned, that's probably the group that you're going to look and, and see uh, most likely drafted when it's all said and done. We get to the receivers now, and Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors, they've decided that they're not going to work out. And in fact, Marvin Harrison Jr. said, I'm not even working out at my pro day. I'm just getting ready for my rookie season. You have already know what this guy could do. You know, look, Jamar Chase didn't even play his final season there at LSU. And we saw what Jamar Chase has been able to do for Joe Burrow 
I think that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be a lock to be a, a go-to wideout for good old Kyler Murray. I think that this guy, you know, Larry Fitzgerald 2.0, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, but then that means Romo Dunze is going to be on display and has a chance to really narrow that gap between him and, and the other two. Um, you know, with, with Malik Neighbors, look, you know, this guy has a second gear. You watch him get up on the, those corners so quick, and uh, then he just flies right by him, right? Uh, but with Romo Dunze, look, he'll probably measure in right around 6'3 and 215. Could he run a sub 4'4'40? You know, you're going to see the speed, you're going to see the athleticism, you're going to see the hands, you see the route running as well, you know, the, the suddenness. This is a big physical receiver, and I think if he shows out really well, he's not getting out of the top ten. There's no way you can deny Romo Dunze as a top ten, uh, top ten pick in this year's draft. And so I think this it's it's a very smart move, especially knowing that those other guys are not working out. Now Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU. Uh, this is a guy. Look, you know he he shared the spotlight with Malik Neighbors and uh, you know Jaden Daniels, and I think you. Know, People initially weren't really talking about him a whole lot, and it was kind of odd that people weren't because this was a guy that was a bona fide uh, deep threat. You know, he's a taller receiver, what, he's 6'4", 6'5", right around 200 pounds, 68 catches, over 1,100 yards, 17.3 yards per reception, and 17 touchdowns in 2023. So we're going to see that vertical speed. I want to see what the 10-yard split is going to be with him as well, you know, because is it long speed with him? Or are we going to see you know that quick acceleration? That's really one of the big things that you're going to be looking at at the combine. It looks like he has some of that quick speed and the ability to make his cuts. But a lot of those routes that he was running was getting vertical because they wanted to get vertical in a hurry. Because look, Jaden you know, Daniels is going to be able to throw that ball over the top. You want to see that change of direction. What's that short shuttle going to look like? Uh, three cone drill. Those are going to be things that you're going to be looking for with Brian Thomas Jr. for sure. After that. Uh, you know, then the conversation it becomes, who's the next receiver to get drafted? Is it going to be Keon Coleman, the bigger receiver, receiver out of Florida State, or is it going to be Xavier Worthy out of Texas? Now, when I look at Keon Coleman out of Florida State, this is a big physical receiver, uh, a guy who uh, you know, wins those 50-50 balls. And, look, he'll have guys draped all over him and will still, you know, he looks like a rebounder out there, a la Drake London. And... Drake London, look, you know, we know that he came off the board in the top 10 to the Atlanta Falcons. And, uh, you know, the playmaking ability there, he was number eight overall. But just to give an idea with where Drake May was, or Drake London was, you know, he didn't work out at the combine, was measured in at 6'3 and 7'8, 219 pounds with 33 inch arms. So, just in terms of the measurements, uh, you know, that's going to be interesting to see exactly where Keon Coleman lines up. He just reminds me of Drake London. I just don't think he's necessarily the playmaker that London was coming out of SC. Uh, but uh, Xavier Worthy, Xavier Worthy is a guy that is is going to be a vertical threat at the next level. I, I'm a big fan of, of Worthy's. I think this is a guy that you know he's 6'1", 160. Can he be rerouted? Sure. But uh, man, he's so quick in and out of his breaks. He's a guy that's going to get get vertical on you. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that I think I'm looking at the Chiefs sitting there at number 32 overall. They're going to need another vertical threat to run with Rashi Rice. And I think Worthy could absolutely be that guy. Uh, outside of that, then you look at, at guys like 
uh, Lad McConkey of Georgia, Ricky Pearsall of Florida. These are two guys that I think uh, were flying under the radar just a little bit, but I think the more everybody watches these two guys, uh, you fall in love with them. I think more so, you know, Lad McConkey was more of a, a, a known asset, more so than, than Ricky Pearsall. I guess that was until he kind of backhanded that, that throw. Uh, I want to say it was against Marshall down the seam. Absolutely ridiculous catch. Showing off those hands. Both of these guys, they, they, they don't drop anything, but the suddenness with their route running ability is what's, what really sets them apart, and I think they're going to run a lot faster than people expect. Quicker than fast, maybe, but let's see what those 40 times show up as. I think these are two guys that could end up coming off the board in round number two. I could actually put them ahead of a lot of these other receivers. You know, Adonai Mitchell out of, te out of Texas. I think he's going to test very well you're going to look at him, you know, and and I, I saw one uh, draft Nick online say that he reminded him of, of CeeDee Lamb. I wouldn't go that far. And the biggest thing is, is you see flashes from, from Adonai Mitchell, but you worry, is this a guy that's only going to give you those flashes and that's going to be it? Because he, he wasn't overly productive in his, year, in his time at Georgia, and then when he transfers to Texas, you know, there were, there were, again, there were flashes, but you never saw it play in and play out, game in and game out. It was still 845 yards through the air and 11 touchdowns, but you just, he still leaves you wishing that you had more. And so that's one of those things, you know, is he a Terrace Marshall type of a guy? What really are you getting with Adonai Mitchell? Um, you know, I think Xavier Leggett is a guy that's going to be interesting. You know, what is he going to measure in at? How big is he? Is he a DK Metcalf type of a guy? Because, look, this is a guy that's going to get vertical on you. Um, more receptions in his first game than I want to say in uh, you know in his previous years with the Gamecocks combined. Um, just a, a breakout season. Um, he's a physical dude, 6'1", 217, so he's a couple of inches shorter than, uh, uh, than, than DK. But even still, when you're talking about a big physical receiver like that and a vertical threat, you want to make sure that he's also able to get in and out of his breaks quickly. So I think the short shuttle and the three-cone drill are going to be things that uh, people are going to be watching with, with Leggett. Um, I think Troy Franklin is going to just blaze down that track. He's going to be so fast. You know, I think there are some issues with, with con concentration at times, uh, being able to track the football. Uh, but he's still a guy that I think could end up being a round, round two guy. I think some people have him in round one. I think that's a little too rich for him. Uh, Devontae Walker, I think, is going to test really well. You don't want to watch the hands. There were some concerns at times there at North Carolina, playing through contact and, and uh, uh, just a couple of drops as well. Uh, Brendan Rice out of USC, I think, is a big physical receiver. You want to see what he tests as a route runner uh, as well. Uh, but the test with the 40 time, I think he's going to test really well. He's, he's got surprising speed. Um, it's not just, uh, you know, the build-up speed. You know, this is the guy that can get there in a hurry. And because of that physicality, his ability to attack the football, um, if he can play through contact, and he showed that he was able to do that at the Senior Bowl, I think he's the guy whose draft stock is going to continue to rise. Roman Wilson out of Michigan, another guy who's going to be a sudden, sudden route runner. Also a guy that knows how to get vertical in a hurry. I think he's a guy that's going to put on a show. How about Malik Washington out of Virginia? This is a guy that's going to be a, a probably a, a late day two, early day three pick. Um, you know, a guy that started his career at Northwestern, transfers to Virginia, and a guy that's going to be a speed demon in the slot. 
Uh, a guy that I think is going to be so versatile. He's only 5'9", but 192 pounds, over 1,400 yards, uh, and nine touchdowns for the Cavaliers. Keep an eye out for him. Um, other guys to, to make note of, uh, you know, Jamari Thrash of, of Louisville, um, you know, the ball control there and the ability to, to make plays down the field. How about Taj Washington out of USC? This was a guy that, uh, you know, they, they, they call him the, the chef, let him cook, right? Over a thousand yards this past season. He was the guy that really led that USC uh, wide receiver room. It wasn't Brendan Rice, it was Taj Washington. And this is a guy, look, he, he played through that entire career, uh, you know, played against Louisville in the bowl game. Brendan Rice sat out. Um, and this is a guy that, look, he, he looked good in the East-West Shrine game. And this was a guy that I think was really people were, were kind of writing off. And now this is a guy that we can see come off the board in the fourth or fifth round. Um, I don't know that he's going to have the best vertical or uh, vertical speed, but I think the suddenness and the ability to, to change directions in a hurry, um, I, I think that's going to bode well for Washington. Uh, and look, he can get vertical on you. I just don't know that the 40 time, I think it's more with the way that he runs his routes. Johnny Wilson's going to be an interesting guy out of Florida State. You know, he's 6'7", uh, over 230 pounds. Is he a receiver? Is he a tight end? Um, I think the long speed, because he's got those long strides, he's one of those guys that makes plays down the football field. So can he sink those hips? Can he come back to the football? That's going to be a lot to watch out for with, with Johnny Wilson as well. Um, I think Anaya Smith out of Texas A&M, you're going to see some good speed from him and then the suddenness. Uh, you know, Jalen Polk out of Washington is a guy that should be on team radar right there in that you know that day two range. I think he's another guy that you're going to be watching to, to test pretty well. Uh, then you get to, how about Javon Baker? We haven't talked about him yet. I want to see what that vertical is going to be with him because he wins all of those 50-50 balls. He's physical as well, um, but the vertical, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy has a 40-inch vertical leap. And then I'm curious to see what the speed is. He's a guy that should be a day two pick. Jermaine Burton out of Alabama, vertical threat. Watch the speed there. Jacob Cowing, I think, is going to be more sudden and quicker than he is fast. Malachi Corley out of West uh, Western Kentucky. Is he going to be the next Debo Samuel? That's going to be a big question mark. He's right around 5'11", uh, 215 pounds. He's built like a running back, uh, but, but he's playing receiver, right? And so when you think about Debo, you know, he was a, a second-round pick of the, the 49ers back in 2019, number 36 overall. And when you watched him there at the at the combine, you know, ran a 44840 with a 148 split at 5'11 and 214 pounds. Uh, so when you think about that, you know, 39-inch vertical leap as well. So I, I think with the comparisons, Malachi Corley has his work cut out for him because I don't know that he's he's quite that fast. And I don't know that he's quite as explosive in terms of that lower body explosiveness. But, you know, it's one of those things where I think if he does that, though, he's a guy that is going to solidify his status as a second rounder because teams are going to be looking for the next Debo Samuel. This is a copycat league. They're going to be looking for the next everything. Um, Jaquan Jackson out of Tulane, another slot type receiver. You're going to see some speediness out of him. And then the diminutive Anthony Gould out of Oregon State. He's a guy that has a chance to be one of the faster receivers as well. Very sudden in and out of his breaks. I think not only can he get vertical, he's one of those guys that could be an ankle breaker uh, out on the field. And then, how about Jalen McMillan out of Washington? You know, battled injuries this year, so he's kind of the forgotten man. Jalen Polk really emerged 
as a as a go-to guy, go-to threat as that number two for Michael Penix Jr. And uh, you know, look, you know, I saw some film posted on on uh, on X, and I, I look, he's snatching balls away from from Christian Gonzalez you know, when he was at Oregon. And uh, so when I look at Jalen McMillan, he's a guy that I think would be a perfect slot receiver. Just let him go, let him work up the seam. Um, day two, day th- early day three, and then Luke McCaffrey. I think he's a guy for for Rice that uh, you know. I, I think that he's a perfect fit for for San Francisco. Go play with his brother. Um, but you watch the hands, you watch the physicality, you watch his ability to separate late. That's something that's really interesting. You're not going to see a lot of that play out at the Combine, but curious to see what that speed looks like. I think that's going to end up impacting his draft stock overall. I have him as a fourth rounder right now, um, you know, and I think that'll help him solidify that status you know, if, he, if he runs well there uh, at, at the Combine. So when you're looking at the receivers, we were just talking about this group, uh, 39 total receivers invited to the Combine. Over the last three years, we've averaged 31 receivers taken with just 32 a season ago. But this is a, a very deep wide receiver class. I think that we could easily see uh, you know, as, as many as, as 34, 35 receivers taken. Um, if there was a snub, you know, you're probably looking at uh, you know, Joshua Cephas out of U, uh, UTSA. Um, you know, I know that there were some off-field issues with him and that was really what uh, probably kept him from the combine. Um, but look, he had a great year at, at UTSA, um, you know, over 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns, 89 catches. He, he's got the long arms. He's able to attack the football in the air, um, has decent speed to him as well. So it would have been nice to see him work out, but I think he's a guy that could be a late day three guy. More than likely, he's going to be a priority free agent. I think when you're looking at the receiver position, he was probably the guy that stood out as the biggest snub. Which takes us to the running backs. So the running backs, we've got 29, average 21 taken. We know that this position has been devalued. We don't have anybody, we don't have a B. John Robinson that's going to be drafted in round number one. But I think really you're going to see in that second through fourth round range, a lot of running backs come off the board. And I think you know, Jonathan Brooks out of Texas, we know you know he'll he should be ready towards ACL. We know that. He should be ready by training camp. So interview at the combine, you know, obviously that's going to be big, but he's he's neck and neck for me as the number one running back along with Trey Benson out of Florida State. When I look at Trey Benson, he's probably one of the more complete running backs. Uh, we're going to see him catch the football out of the backfield. We're going to see uh, not only the, the speed, he should be running in the 4-4s. Four that's what everybody's been saying. But then he also has that contact balance and then that shiftiness um, so he'll run by you, he'll run over you, he'll run around you. Um, you know, Trey Benson is going to be a guy, I think he and Jonathan Brooks, second round picks, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Blake Corum out of Michigan, you know, this is a guy that battled back from the knee injury, he looks like he's all the way back. This is the guy with the jump cuts. Watch the feet, watch the footwork in the drills. Um, you know, not overly fast, I don't think he has that second gear, so I don't think that 40 time is going to be all that impressive. But watch the 10-yard split um, and, again, the shiftiness. And then you want to see him catch the football out of the backfield. That's really where a lot of these receivers, you know, these running backs are going to do their damage. And, and so he's one of those guys to keep an eye out for there. 
Bucky Irving out of Oregon, the same thing. Look, Bucky Irving, when you look at the stats, uh, this guy, frankly, he had uh, more receptions than any other running back in the draft, 55. So when you think about that, you know, this guy, you know, the ability to make it, make plays with the ball in his hands, the route running ability, he's going to be a guy that's going to be putting that on display. Another guy, Will Shipley, look, he had 31 receptions this past season as well. Will Shipley is one of those guys that um, it's so difficult to bring him down because he does such a great job, uh, you know, not taking, taking on that blow head on. He's got, has this way of kind of slipping that contact so that he doesn't, you know, can really move forward, kind of work through that contact and continue down the field. Uh, you know, obviously 2022 was his biggest year, over 1,100 yards and 15 touchdowns this past season, uh, you know, 827 yards on the ground. Um, you know, I know that he, he, he struggled a little bit at times. You know, I think there were some injuries that he was dealing with as well, but when healthy, Will, Will Shipley, I think he's flying under everybody's radar, um, but he's one of the better running backs in this draft class. Um, Audric Estime, big physical back. You're going to see some nice athleticism out of him. He's also a really good pass blocker as well. You, you know, the understanding and the ability to move from one side of the, of the formation over to the other to pick up some of the blitzes. He's one of those guys, one of the better run blockers, or I'm sorry, pass blockers in this draft at the running back position. He's a guy to me that's going to be uh, in that running for, for that day two pick. Uh, Braylon Allen out of uh, Wisconsin. Look, this guy is only 19 years old. And, uh, you know, I remember the talk when he was a 17-year-old freshman. And, you know, at 6'2 and 238 pounds, um, fell just 16 yards shy of three straight 1,000-yard seasons. Um, but look, over 3,400 yards, just under 3,500 yards on the ground, uh, 35 touchdowns in his career. Um, you know, didn't catch the football a whole lot in his first two years there with the Badgers. Actually caught more passes under Luke Fickle than he did in his two years uh, previously. 28 catches, just 132 yards, very short passes. So I think that's really where his game is going to need to continue to develop. When I think about a guy like Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon didn't catch a ton of footballs uh, during his time there at Wisconsin either. Uh, but this is a one-cut-and-go type of a guy. And, uh, you know, he, once he gets that head of steam, he's going to run through you. And he's got some good speed as well. So at 6'2 and 238 pounds, you know, I'm curious to see what that 40 time is going to be. I think if he starts turning some heads with some, some pretty fast 40 times, you're going to see him continue to move up draft boards. Marshawn Lloyd out of USC. Keep an eye on him again in the drills with the footwork. I think he's got some of the quicker feet in this draft. Uh, jump cuts, much like Blake Corum. You like the contact balance, but he's another guy. Excellent receiver. You saw that at the Senior Bowl. Also, when he was at SC, he was a dynamic uh, weapon out of the backfield for Caleb Williams. Um, so he's a guy that I think it was going to be in that early day three conversation. Um, I think that's going to make sense where he fits in there. And then Ray Davis out of, out of Kentucky. This is another guy. Look, he transferred in to uh, Kentucky from Vanderbilt. And when he did that, you know, all he did was put on a show. I think he kind of really put everyone on notice as a, as a guy that everyone needs to be focused on. And uh, that's one of the beauty. Of, you know, this is a guy, look, he grew up homeless at one point, And, you know, he's one of those guys that's just hungry. You know, and I, I think that's why he does a lot of the little things well. He's 5'10", 216 pounds, so he's very stout. Back-to-back uh, -back years with over 1,000 yards, 14 touchdowns this past season, also 33 receptions. Um, 
And, and look, you know, the, the previous season he had 29 receptions, so he's the guy that's consistently making those catches out of the backfield. Um, and I, I think what really put him on the map was that game against Florida, 33 to 14 win for Kentucky, and uh, you know that was their fifth win in a row. And he goes out, 26 carries, 280 yards, and three touchdowns. That long 75-yarder, um, you know, obviously was one of the highlights for him. Um, really, the back half of the season, he, he struggled at times, and I think it was more so, a, you know, a product of, of that offense and uh, that really that offensive line struggled to kind of get things going. Uh, only 59 yards against Georgia, 26 against Bama, but did put up 128 against Missouri. Uh, but he was still so effective as a pass catcher. So even when he wasn't able to get the job done as a runner, he still found work, still found ways to be productive. And that's one of the things that you like. Even when he can't get the job done running the football, maybe the offensive line is getting jammed up, he's still able to go out and make plays for you. So I think that's really where, where teams are going to be excited. But I think the guy that may end up stealing the show, especially in terms of the 40 time, is going to be Jalen Wright out of Tennessee. 5'11", 200 pounds. This is a guy that I think, you know, if he runs in those four threes, that's about to be expected. Um, and uh, over 1,000 yards this past season, 7.4 yards per carry, and uh, you know, just 137 carries, 22 receptions as well. And he's one of those guys, you love the speed, you love the contact balance. He's going to be a guy that I think is going to end up hearing his name called on day two of the draft. And I think he's going to be one of the more explosive running backs uh, to come out of this draft. Uh, Dylan Lobby out of uh, out of uh, New Hampshire is, is another really interesting dude. This is a, a tremendous pass catcher. Uh, this, you know, he's a running back. You know, he reminds you a lot of, of Danny Woodhead uh, because he's a guy that's coming from an FCS program. Uh, 5'10", 207 pounds. 715 yards on the ground, but had 68 catches for 699 yards, including a 12 reception performance for 295 yards and a couple of touchdowns against Central Michigan, the second game of the season. Um, and then followed that up later on in the year, uh, 13 catches for another 128 yards and a score. Now, how many running backs can say that they have double-digit receptions in three games? Uh, so obviously that the hands you saw that at the senior bowl as well he's a guy you want to see how he times you want to see you know can he uh you know how quick is he laterally the lateral agility as well uh but he's a guy that i think will be a lot of fun to watch at the next level uh frank gore out of southern miss you know we, we know what, what frank gore jr is this guy is is an athlete he's a playmaker he runs a lot like his dad uh what's scary is, is he looks a lot like his dad as well um, but 5'8", 185 pounds, back-to-back -back years, over 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns this past season, 75 receptions in his career as well. So I think we're going to see him catch the football really well out of the backfield, mid-day three pick. Um, Isaiah Davis out of South Dakota State, I want to see how fast he runs. To me, when I watched some of the film, you know, I, I didn't see the explosive burst that I was expecting to see. Um, so, but again, tremendous athlete. I think he's going to be physical. So as a runner, so I really want to see what he shows up with there. Isaac Garendo is another big running back out of uh, out of Louisville. He started his career at Wisconsin, transferred to the Cardinals, and uh, he's he's an interesting dude. He's six foot, two hundred twenty pounds, 
um, really burst onto the scene, onto the scene, excuse me, at uh, at Louisville, teaming up with Jawar Jordan, 810 yards on the ground, 11 touchdowns to go along with 22 receptions. He's a guy that could surprise. I, I think he's kind of a fringe player. Is he going to get drafted? Is he not? But uh, he's a guy that could surprise. Um, I think Jace McClellan, Kendall Milton, you want to see the, those two guys kind of separate themselves from the pack a little bit. I think Michael Wiley out of Arizona battled a lot of injuries for the Wildcats, but a, a tremendous receiver out of the backfield. Kamani Vidal out of Troy. We know that he's a tremendous run blocker. We've seen or a pass blocker. We've seen that. Uh, he's also a really good uh, re uh, receiver as well. But Kimani Vidal had one of the best years as a running back. 5'8", 215 pounds, not the biggest guy, but very stout. 600, uh, 1,661 yards on the ground and 14 touchdowns. Uh, and when I talked about the, re the reception prowess, uh, 92 receptions in his career, had 11.2 yards per reception in 2023 for the Troy Trojans. So he's a guy that I think you know is in that that mid to late day three conversation, but a guy that I think you know needs to you know, let's see him have a decent decent day and uh, could potentially move up draft board. I think Jawar Jordan out of out of Louisville is going to run fast. Dylan Johnson out of Washington. You know, is he finally back and healthy from the foot injury? Uh, curious to see just how fast he is. Uh, he's a physical running back. We know that you know really that's what you're going to get out of him. Just curious to see if there is any of that top end speed. Will we get to see any of that? And then maybe the the best story of all the running backs is Cody Schrader. This was a guy. Look, he was at Division Two Truman State. Four years, just dominated the competition there. Uh, Truman State, by the way, is where, where my dad went to school. Uh, my dad actually is going to be celebrating his 87th birthday on March the 5th, right after the combine. So, uh, looking forward to celebrating that with him. Back to Cody Schrader, who's my dad's favorite player in college, not named Caleb Williams. And uh, uh, I think when you watch Cody Schrader, you know he walked on there at, at Missouri, and a guy that just continues to work, and that's what you love about him. You know, this is a guy that uh, you know he's not the biggest, he's not the fastest, not the strongest, but man, this guy plays with a lot of heart. You see that he you know, plays. Uh, you know, just plays his butt off. He just gets better and better as the game progresses. So, you know, he's number eight in the Heisman voting. I mean, come on. You know, this is a guy that just continues to get better and better as the season progresses. So that's something that I, I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing. Just, you know, how fast is he going to time? I think he's going to be a really solid receiver uh, as well. But look, you know, this is the only guy who can boast that he had uh, – 100-yard games against both Georgia and Ohio State, top 10 defenses, uh, 112 yards on the ground against the Bulldogs, and 128 yards of the bull win um, over Ohio State. And uh, look, he's just, he's, I, I think if you haven't seen Cody Schrader play, I think you're going to fall in love with the guy. Um, and uh, I think he'll be a, a, a day three pick, you know, probably a mid to late day three pick, but he's definitely played himself into a draft selection, that's for sure. Uh, if nothing else, just put on the game film of that Tennessee game. Tw uh, 205 yards on the ground, 116 yards through the air. That doesn't happen very often in the SEC. So, you know, Cody Schrader's a dude that can make a lot of plays. So, these are the guys that we're going to be seeing on Saturday, uh, March 2nd. Now, the running backs, you know, at 29, invited. There were three snubs. Uh, Jabari Small out of Tennessee, 
probably a minor snub there. Um, you know, if, if Keelan Robinson out of Texas was getting an invite, I would have expected Jabari Small to, to get invited. Uh, Blake Watson, look, you know, he started his career at Old Dominion, but then he transfers to Memphis, and he was second only to Bucky Irving in receptions. You know, you love the speed, you love the suddenness, over 1,100 yards on the ground, and then the receptions. 53 receptions, as I said. So he, he's a guy that can get the job done on the ground and through the air. Not the biggest guy, but definitely a change of pace back and a guy that I think will get drafted because of his receiving prowess. And then one other guy that I was surprised was, was Carson Steele out of UCLA. I think you know, because he lost his job to J.J. Harden, um, you know, I, I think there were some fumble issues as well. But he's one of those guys that, you know, if nothing else, if he had stayed at Ball State, he probably would have gotten the invite. Uh, over 1,500 yards and 14 touchdowns at that level. Uh, you know, that was at, at the MAC. Goes to UCLA. Still 847 yards on the ground. Um, and a guy that showed some decent hands. Also solid as a, as a pass blocker. Um, physical, more of a one cut, make you miss, and then go. Um, not going to be overly shifty. Um, has the, the flowing locks. Looks like Thor. Uh, 6'1, 225. You know, he would have been one of the guys putting up a ton of weight in the bench press. He's one of uh, Bruce Feldman's freaks. You know, ended up on the freaks list because of the athleticism um, and the physicality. Um, kind of surprised that he wasn't invited. One other guy that I should mention is Tyrone Tracy out of Purdue. Um, now Tyrone Tracy, you know, he, he's, he's a running back, you know, 5'11", 201, but he started his career as a receiver at Iowa. And when you look at it, you know, over 1,200 yards total um, through the air. Iowa didn't throw a ton of, of, of passes, but look, 600, 716 yards on the ground, eight touchdowns to go along with another 19 receptions. Watch him run a very fast 40 time. You know, that's going to be something that I think is going to jump out. And I think because of his versatility as a receiver and as a running back, you're going to see him get drafted on day three. I don't have him currently in my mock draft. Don't know why because he's a guy that I think, because of that versatility, like I said, he's going to find himself drafted. Let's get to the tight ends, shall we? So we'll talk about the tight ends, and I, I think Brock Bowers, obviously, is the guy that everyone's going to be talking about. How tall is he? Is he 6'4"? Is he 6'3"? Where is he at there? And then what's the weight going to be? I, I think he's one of those tight ends. You know, he's a solid blocker. A lot of people give him a give him a hard time about it, but he actually isn't that bad. He's not as bad as everybody makes him out to be. Uh, yes, he is one of those guys that's going to be a a, a weapon either on the outside or as a slot receiver. Uh, but I think he's going to run fast. I think he'll run you know, closer, you know, not quite to that Evan Ingram time, but I think he'll run a fast time. Is he a guy that's going to come off the board in the top ten picks? Um, you know, I, I think. It wouldn't surprise me if Harbaugh decided to go ahead and, and take his tight end because he loves tight ends. But I think he can wait and get another tight end later on in the draft. Um, I, I think ultimately they do need to go line. But Brock Bowers, you know, I, I think the Jets at 10. I think the Colts at 15. That's probably, you know, the, the floor. That's probably where he's going to end up hitting. So that range, you know, you just, you're curious to see what the measurements are going to be. Uh, but I think he's a guy that's going to test very well and uh, will come away, obviously, as, as that number one tight end. And uh, top ten, you know, that's really the big question mark. You know, he's one of those guys, look, when Kyle Pitts 
left the combine, everybody said, yes, this is a guy that's going to be coming off the board in the top 10. Brock Bowers wants to make the same type of impression. I think after that, you got you know, Tavion Sanders out of Texas. I think, you know, you see the physicality as a blocker. You know, showcase that athleticism as a receiver. You know, uh, he's got decent speed, but I don't think it's, it's mind-blowing. It's not going to blow anybody away. But this is a guy that I think is still going to make a lot of plays down the field. Look, he was one of those weapons that uh, was a reliable target for uh, Quinn Ewers. 6'4", 256, 682 yards, 15.2 yards per reception. So he was a guy that he liked to hit down the seam. Um, Cade Stover out of Ohio State. When you think of all the athletic, athletic tight ends, you don't really talk about Cade Stover too much, 6'4", 255. He started his career at Ohio State as a linebacker, moved to tight end, and uh, over the... The, the last three seasons, over a thousand yards through the through the air and ten touchdowns. I, I love the the blocking. He's one of the better blocking tight ends in this year's draft. Um, so you'll see his physicality there as a blocker. But then you know I think this is a chance for him to showcase the athleticism as a receiver. We've already seen that out of Theo Johnson from Penn State. I think he's definitely helped himself with his performance at the Senior Bowl, separated himself from everybody else that's there. 6'6", 250. He also needed to remind everybody, you know, that, hey, he's not a bad Penn State tight end himself, especially after Tyler, the emergence of Tyler Warren, um, but a guy that I think because he showcased what he did there at the Senior Bowl, you, know, you look at the stats, they're not going to be overwhelming um, did have seven touchdowns this past year, but uh, I think the athleticism, that's something that you're going to be looking for from him for sure. Um, Dallin Holker, I think, you know, from an athletic standpoint, the, the athletic profile really jumps out. And uh, he, he was a lot of fun to watch at Colorado State. 6'5", 225 pounds, started his career at BYU, then moved to the Rams, and 64 catches, 767 yards, six touchdowns. You watch the way he was able to contort the body, make some difficult catches down the field, uh, able to give full extension on a couple of throws. And uh, just every time he turned around, this guy was making a big play. And uh, I think this is a, a way, kind of a coming out party, if you will, for Dallin Holker. He's not the best blocker, so that's one of the things that you'll see. Watch some of those drills when he's hitting the bags. His feet will probably stop rel relatively quickly. Uh, as opposed to some of the other guys, I think you'll see Kate Stover, uh, Tavian Sanders, uh, you know, AJ Barner is going to be another guy that I think is going to mow right through uh, those blocking drills. But Dallin Holker, you know, let him cook on the outside as a receiver or in the slot. He'll be a lot of fun to watch there. As is Troy Knox or Trey Knox out of South Carolina. He's another guy that I think you know is just continuing to get better and better at the tight end position. Um, Started his career at Arkansas was a receiver. South Carolina moves him to tight end. I think that's ultimately where he's destined to be at the next level. I think that athleticism is going to be on display. I just think he's not much of a blocker. Speaking of blockers, though, how about Ben Sinnott? Ben Sinnott, to me, I think is going to be a day two pick. Um, you know, I actually have him in my top five at the tight end position right now. 6'4", 245. Line him up wherever you want. Line him up at H-back. Line him up at fullback. Inline tight end. Put him out in the slot. He's even been split out wide by K-State. And uh, 49 catches, 676 yards, and six touchdowns. This was a guy that just, it didn't matter where you lined him up. He was always making plays. He loved the, the contact balance. You know, he was just running through guys, just yards after catch. Um, and then as a blocker, again, physical, mean streak. Uh, but 
I think this will be a way for him to showcase some of that athleticism. Because look, I, I when I think about tight ends and I think about guys that are you know known as blocking tight ends, if you will, the name that always comes to mind is George Kittle. Why? Well, George Kittle was not a, a highly uh, decorated player coming out of Iowa, right? 6'4", 250 pounds, was a fifth-round pick, number 146 overall of the 49ers. This dude is now obviously an all-pro. But when you think about what he did there at uh, uh, at the Combine, that's really where things started jumping out. People shouldn't be taking notice. 6'3", 300, you know, three, you know, three quarters inches, um, 247 pounds, runs a 4.5240 with a 1.51 10-yard split. So that in and of itself tells you you've got an athletic tight end, and just put on some of the film and just watch him as a blocker there at Iowa, and you knew what you were getting. So some of these other guys, that's going to be something that um, you know Ben Sinnott is going to be a guy that you're going to be watching out for. AJ Barner, 6'6", 245. Um, physical player, started his career at Indiana, the transfer to Michigan. Um, physical, I think the blocking is really going to be his signature. Um, but you know, he, he, you know, you want to see some of that athleticism out of him. Just how athletic is he going to be? Um, Jared Wiley out of TCU is another guy. Look, he's six seven. He's huge, two fifty five. Started at te- Texas, transferred to uh, the Horned Frogs. 520 yards through the air and eight touchdowns this past season. Um, I think he's going to be one of the better blockers as well, um, but a guy that showcases his ability to make catches down the field. Brevin Span Ford, 6'7", 270. Um, struggles at times, you know, catching footballs, but uh, another guy that I think could be physical as a blocker. Uh, Tip Ryman, same thing there at Illinois. Uh, much better athlete than I think people were expecting. Um, I think Devin Culp of Washington, Tanner McLaughlin out of Arizona, two tight ends coming out of the Pac-12. The the physical profiles, uh, Culp, much more twitchy than I think people would expect. Tanner McLaughlin, he's not going to wow you with the athleticism, but a guy that just gets the job done. Um, Jack Westover, another guy there out of Washington, more undersized. But, man, he was one of those weapons that was very, very reliable. Eric All is going to have to answer the, the injury questions. Seemed like he got you know knee injury at Michigan and then again at Iowa. So that's going to be a huge concern there. Uh, and then Jaheim Bell. What is he going to measure in at? And then what's he going to run? Because when I think of Jaheim Bell, um, you know, I think of a, a buffed-up receiver. He's 6'3", 230. Um, but look, over 1,200 yards through the air, nine touchdowns. But look, when you're talking about an undersized tight end like this, you know, I, I think back to the 2021 draft and a guy like Brevin Jordan, right? So Brevin Jordan, in his career with the Hurricanes, 105 receptions, over 1,300 yards, 13 touchdowns. This guy was a weapon down the field, right? Then at the combine, measures in at 6'2 and 5'8, 247 pounds. Then he goes out and runs a 4.6740. That 40 time for a guy that's a little undersized. Brevin Jordan wound up getting drafted in the fifth round because of it. I think that's ultimately where uh, Jaheim Bell ends up coming off the board as well. Um, when I look at this tight end group at the Combine, you've got 16 tight ends there. There were exactly 16 tight ends drafted last year. I think you could see as many as 16 drafted again this year. If there's anybody that I was surprised to see not invited to the Combine, it's Mason Fairchild out of Kansas. If you listen to my podcast for any length of time, you know I'm a big fan of Mason Fairchild. He's not a you know the, the athlete that's going to wow you by any means, but what you do get with him is just consistency as a 
a weapon down the seam at 6'5", 250. He's also a pretty solid blocker. Uh, 82 catches, over 1,100 yards, and 10 touchdowns in his career. Uh, he, he's a guy that I think could end up sticking on an NFL roster. Uh, just one of those underrated tight ends. Uh, so keep an eye out for Mason Fairchild as the draft comes along. So now we're at Sunday, and now we're looking at the offensive line and the special teams. Uh, first, want to start with the special teams group. Uh, obviously, uh, if you're looking for a punter, the guy to, to look for is Tory Taylor out of Iowa. This dude just launches, just booms it. I mean, this guy, look, he's, he's the Ray Guy Award winner. He's 6'4", 231, Aussie. Um, look, I mean, 93 punts, 48.2 yard average. I mean, this guy, just the, the leg, he was the difference maker. He was probably the best offensive weapon that Iowa had because he was changing the field position. I mean, when you're looking at guys in the stands wearing you know shirts talking about the punter, um, you know that Tory Taylor, Colt, Colt Hero, and he's a guy that I think will you'll see get drafted early on in day number three. I think Joshua Cardi is another guy, uh, the, the kicker out of Stanford. I think you know when you talk about Joshua Cardi, you're you're going to talk about you know model of consistency. Um, 63205, so you know good size as well. Missed just one extra point in his career. 51 of 60 uh, in terms of the field goals. Uh, Joshua Cardi, I think, has, has one of the better legs. Um, and then don't rule out the thicker kicker out of Missouri, Harrison Beavis. Now, Harrison Beavis, look, uh, when you look at him, all right, 5'11, 240 pounds. Um, you look at the numbers, you're like, all right, you know, only 80%, you know, field goals made this past year, 24 of 30, but from 50 plus, this guy is almost automatic. Really, he struggles mostly on on kicks from from 30 to 39 yards. Um, you know, he kicked that 61 yarder, a game winner there against K State, that really kind of propelled Missouri into the season that they've had. Um, I think a guy like uh, Harrison Beavis, I could see him with the Rams. I think Cardi could also be a, a pick for the Rams. Rams need a, need a kicker desperately. Um, and then Will Reichert out of Alabama is the other guy. Look, this guy was a finalist for uh, the Luke Rosa Award, and there's a reason for it. Just, you know, another guy that was just automatic. Alabama, but Saban you know, pushed him out there. You know, it seemed like, you know, he was knocking down kicks left and right. 22 of 25 from, you know, with field goals. Um, so another guy. I think we could see as many as, as three three kickers. Um, and then in terms of the punters, you know, he wasn't invited, but Austin McNamara uh, out of Texas, Texas Tech is, is another punter to be, be watchful for. Um, you know, I, I think he has a good chance of getting drafted as well uh, late on in day number three. So wanted to give some love to the specialists, which takes us finally to the offensive line. And look, there are 70 offensive linemen here. I mean, you're talking about a little bit of everything at the, this offensive line group. Um, when you think about it, you know, we've averaged 47 offensive linemen over the last three years, including 43 this past season. Um, so how many are we going to see drafted this year? I think you're probably right in that same range, you know, 47 to 50, probably right around there. Um, obviously, the, the first thing that everyone's going to be looking for is Joe Alt. You're going to watch the technician, you're going to watch the typewriter feet, you're going to watch his sets, you're going to watch the angles that he takes. 
just going to be a, a smooth athlete, smooth operator, converted tight end. Um, you know, Olu Fashanu. Dude, you want to talk about athleticism. This guy is probably the most athletic tackle and really offensive line prospect in this year's draft. But what's going to be fun is right after him is going to be Troy Fatanu out of Washington. This is a guy at 6'4 and about 320 pounds. Everyone had, you know, his, his dead set on moving him to guard. And right now I have him penciled in as the number one guard. But the more I watch the film, the more I watch, you know, the angles that he takes, you know, whether it's the jump sets or the 45s, um, it, it doesn't really matter what technique he uses, what angle he uses. This is a guy that always seems to be in control. You see zero wasted movement. Uh, you watch him getting out in space, and he's looking to punish people. Uh, but such a tremendous athlete for his size. And, and, and yeah, you, know, you want to see the arm length, but I still think this is a guy that should he project that inside a guard, sure. But I think he could play tackle if, if the team really wanted to put him there. Um, just a tremendous athlete, a guy that I wouldn't be surprised to see come off the board in the top half of round number one. Um, I think the other tackle that we have to mention in that, that upper echelon is Taliese Fuaga out of Oregon State. Big, massive dude. I think another guy that you're going to see tremendous athleticism from. You're also going to see tremendous power. Power in his hands. I think that's going to be very evident early on in the drills. Um, I think a guy that's going to rival Taliese Fuaga in terms of some of that strength is J.C. Latham out of Alabama. I think this guy has, has the length for the position. I think you know, right tackle is in his wheelhouse. He's definitely going to be a starting right tackle at the next level. I think Cincy could use a right tackle. Uh, you know, are they on the market for one this year? Uh, this would be a great pickup for them. Um, I think Latham, you know, if, if the Jets you could go as high as the Jets at number 10, uh, you know, if they decide that they want to look for a, a right tackle as well. Uh, but the strength physicality, but the, the power in his hands, that's one of the things that I think I just can't get over. Um, the bigger thing with him, I think, you know, in terms of the, the question marks is some of that lateral agility. There were some speed rushers that were getting around him with ease, so that's something that he, he, he needs to work on his, his sets just a little bit. Uh, Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma, another guy who was converted, you know, I want to say H-back at TCU. Um, tremendous athlete. You watched him at the, the Senior Bowl, and he was dominating guys with that lateral quickness, that lateral agility. I think that's going to be on display at the Combine. I mean, all first-rounders here. Um, I think when you're talking about interior linemen, I think the conversation needs to start with Jackson Powers Johnson of Oregon, maybe the best center prospect that we've seen in quite some time, uh, a guy that I think isn't going to get past uh, number 20 there with, with the Steelers. You know, Steelers have, have let – Mason Cole go, and I think people have talked about, well, they could take you know linebacker, they could go defensive back. Man, if you have a chance to get the best center in the draft, this was a team that drafted Marquise Pouncey, and you had a center sitting there on your roster, uh, guaranteed production for years. And you had a Pro Bowl caliber center. If you've got that same type of a guy, you know, I think Mike Tomlin would jump for the chance to, to nail that. And Jackson Powers Johnson, you know, from his personality to the physicality on the field. I mean, you watched him just stone guys. You watched him bury guys at the Senior Bowl. And he did that all season long. You watched him climb to the next level, so you saw the athleticism as well. He's about as clean a center prospect as we've seen. Um, he'll be a first-rounder for sure. 
watch him in the drills, watch him when he gets out in space. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch, that's for sure. Um, I think Graham Barton's another one. Graham Barton out of Duke. This guy has five position versatility. He's played a lot of positions, including center. Um, is he a guard? Is he a center? Is he a tackle? Um, he's got shorter arms, so I'm really curious to see what you know what he measures in at lengthwise. But uh, this is a guy he put on the film against uh, Jared Verse, and you watch his, his ability to learn from his mistakes and you know, reset. And there are some there are some reps where he absolutely dominated Verse, who's a guy that's going to get drafted in the top half of round one. I think Barton. Um, I think the lowest he probably goes is, is maybe Tampa. You know, they're on. You know, they can look for some interior line help. Um, you know, I look at, at uh, a team like uh, Miami sitting there at 21. You could potentially have Jackson Powers Johnson and uh, Graham Barton come off the board back-to-back picks. You know, so I think you know you just want to see that athleticism continue to be on display there. Um, I think that's obviously what, what teams are going to be looking for for sure. Um, especially with him. Uh, Amarius Mims out of Georgia. I think you're going to see a guy that teams are going to get excited about. You know, I mean, he's tall at 6'7", moves really well. Uh, the question is, he just hasn't played a lot of games, so this truly is a proje- projection. He battles some injuries, just can't stay on the field. So do you really want to take him in round number one? Um, I think the medicals are going to have to check out for him a little bit. Um, and I just I don't know... He's one of those boomer bust prospects right now, but I think a big combine performance really solidifies his status as a mountain one offensive tackle. Uh, I, I think when you look at, at guards, Cooper Beebe out of Kansas State is going to be a lot of fun. This guy has enough athleticism to kick outside and play tackle. He's done that quite a bit at K-State, but he's going to be a guy, I think he'd be a Pro Bowl caliber guard. When you watch it, the nastiness, the physicality, watch him when he pulls, uh, watch him when he hits the bags. It's going to be a lot of fun. I wish Zach Zinter had injured his leg because watching BB and Zinter blow up some bags would be a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, you know, Christian Haynes out of Connecticut, I think you're going to see some nice athleticism out of him. Jordan Morgan out of Arizona. Um, is he a tackle? Is he a guard? I think he's just a damn good football player and a guy that, you know, fringe first round and probably going to be a second round pick, um, but really another guy that's a lot of fun. Uh, Patrick Paul out of Houston uh, has tremendous length. I think he has a future as a, a, a starting left tackle in the league. Um, is it enough to get him drafted in round one? Probably not. He'll be a, a, a day two guy. Um, keep an eye on, on Javon Foster out of Mizzou. Uh, he looks the part. Right? I mean, and he's strong. He's physical at the point of attack. He's got tremendous length, uh, tremendous base. The balance is there. Uh, but the question really is going to come down to footwork and then the lateral agility. Uh, watch how he times. That's going to be a big question mark. Uh, Dominic Pooney out of out of Kansas. You know, with this guy, you know, he, he played tackle, didn't give up a sack. Um, I think only eight pressures. Didn't even give up a hit. And. Uh, I think he's going to move inside to guard, but I think this is going to be another guy that you're going to see just tremendous athleticism, and is going to be you know, teams are going to be turning turning heads for sure. Kingsley Suomatia out of BYU. Look, you know, Suomatia, he, he he's a, he's an athlete. He's a dancing bear. He's a guy that moves so well. I just you know I I don't see enough consistency from him. 
I think he'll be a, he'll still be a day two pick because I think you know the athleticism and the potential is absolutely there. I think he's a little bit more raw um, than I think people are really wanting to, to come out and say. Zach Frazier, West Virginia, former wrestler. I think you're going to see that on display uh, there at the combine as well. Easy day two pick for me. Cedric Van Praan out of Georgia. I think he's going to have some of those shorter arms, but he really, you know, look, these guys with shorter arms that are top prospects at their position, they've played the, you know, their entire career with these shorter arms, and they've been able to develop ways of being able to take that, you know, use that to their advantage. I think that's one of the things that Cedric Van Pond does really well, is he wants to get get his hands on you, get into your, you know, into your body, and then just continue to drive you, uh, you know, out of the play. And he's going to be a guy that I think, you know, we need to be watching out for uh, Roger Rosengarten out of Washington. This is a guy that at Washington had some really good tape. You know, I, I think you know there's going to be some recency bias. You know, there were some reps at, at the Senior Bowl for sure, but I'm really talking about uh, Michigan in that national championship. You know the hold that people are talking about. Was it really a hold? Was it not? But you know he struggled at times against both Jade. Uh, Jalen Harrell and Braden McGregor and, and so I think you know this is going to be a time for him to really show off his stuff uh, day three guys to really be looking out for Hunter Norzad out of Penn State a much better center prospect people give him credit for you know you think about Juice Scruggs people weren't really talking about him a whole lot where does Houston take him in round two and this guy is a starter for them and, and one of their better players on that offensive line um, Hunter Norzad is a guy that watch him play and he's an absolute stud he's going to be a starter at the next level for sure um, I, I like Charles Turner the third out of LSU but you know watch it you, know, you watch him in the one-on-ones and such and he flashes his hands so quickly um, that's something that I think stands out Christian Mahogany out of out of Boston College is he uh you know is he a third rounder probably going to be a fourth rounder um, medical need to check out for him had the knee injury in 2022 2023 bounces back you see the physicality with him you know I, I think you know you just want to make sure that he's bouncing back from an injury standpoint Christian Jones out of Texas big left tackle I'm sorry right tackle he did play on the left side that was uh, Kelvin Banks but I think Christian Jones you saw the power you saw better athleticism from him so I think he's a guy that if he could showcase some of that athleticism again I think he's a guy that can rise up draft boards. Sata Oalaumea, um, look, you know, he, he was a right tackle there at Utah. He's going to kick inside the guard, um, and I think he's going to be a starter at the next level. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of power and physicality. My question is, is just how quick is he? You know, the lateral agility. Um, I, you know, I want to see him in, in the drills and the way that he works out. Uh, Bo Limmer out of Arkansas. He can play guard. He can play tackle. You saw some nastiness to him. You know, you saw you know, this guy was as tough as nails, and uh, I think that's what a, you know, a, team, a lot of teams are going to like that. Uh, same with Mason McCormick out of South Dakota State, uh, the guard. You, you saw him at the uh, at the East West Shrine Bowl, and dude, this guy was just stoning guys left and right. The, the, the leverage, you know, you can argue who has better leverage between him and the wrestler. Uh, you know Zach Frazier, uh, but I think you'll be seeing that on display during a lot of the workouts. Drake Nugent out of Michigan, really a, a shorter center. That's going to be the question mark. You know, is he, you know, how tall is he? Is he six one? Truly, 
Um, you know, that's something that I think to, you know, to watch out for. Um, you know, is he a, a guy that, that you, you're going to want to draft? I think, you know, Ladarius Henderson out of Michigan really struggled at the Senior Bowl, couldn't really anchor, um, you know, because, look, he's going to have to kick inside the guard, and I don't think he necessarily has the foot speed on the outside to handle you know, the speed. So a big question mark there, can he anchor uh, Delmar Glaze? out of Maryland. Is he a tackle? Is he a guard? Uh, Matt Calvis out, out of Pittsburgh. Uh, I think he'd probably be a nice swing tackle at the next level. Uh, Garrett Greenfield out of South Dakota, or South Dakota State. You know, the best FCS tackle by far. Uh, he's a guy that I think will be a day three pick. I think he's a guy that, you know, just cement your status uh, with this group. Trente Jones didn't play a ton there at Michigan, but you're going to see that athleticism, I think, on display. Um, another guy that's going to really turn heads is going to be Gottlieb um, you know, Adeze um, out of uh, Maryland. And this is a guy that I think is going to fly under radars. I think he's going to put on a lot of put on a show from an athletic standpoint. I think he's more of a developmental guy right now. Brandon Coleman out of TCU. Look, he played you know, both tackle and guard quite a bit of it at, there at TCU. So I think this will be a question to really – put to bed. You know, is he a tackle? Is he a guard? Can he play both positions? Uh, Blake Fisher, there are a lot of better uh, or more, I shouldn't say better, but you know, more hyped right tackles. I think this is going to be a chance for him to really kind of put that his name back out there as a guy that should be drafted there um, in that day three range. Tanner Bordellini out of Wisconsin. Tough, physical, anchors really well. Um, you know, curious to see just how athletic he is. Should he be drafted higher or lower than Hunter Norzad? Keep an eye on the two of them. I think that's something to, to be mindful of. Uh, you know, Karan uh, Amagadige out of Yale. Athletic, 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 but a project. So the question is, is just how high are you going to draft an athletic project? Um, Isaiah Adams out of Illinois. Played tackle for the Illini. I think he's best suited inside a guard. Um, so he's a guy that I think will fly under some radar. Um, he'll be a guy to watch there at the Combine. I think Keaton Bills out of Utah has a chance to end up starting at the next level. Nobody's really talking about him, but I love his physicality. That's something that you definitely saw both he and, and Lamea. Um, they really embody that, that toughness that you know, Kyle Whittingham really exudes there uh, with the Utes. So you know, he'll be another guy I think to, to kind of keep an eye out for. Dylan McMahon out of NC State interior line can line up all over those those positions i think that's what makes him a little bit more valuable and a guy that teams are going to be looking to uh you know, potentially lock down and, and draft and, and use him across a, a variety of positions late in the draft and then the javion cohen just how athletic is he now, that's going to be a, a question mark there just how high could cohen go i think he can go as high as the third round as well as the sixth round uh, you know, probably in that fourth to fifth round range is really what feels comfortable there. Um, so, you know, those are some of the guys. I think Ethan Driscoll out of Marshall is another guy that is going to be interesting. He's 6'9", so you want to see, you know, that pad level. Can he keep it down? That's that's a huge question mark right now. I, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. You know, you think about an even Dankwa out of, out of Howard. Another big, huge, I mean, mountain of a man, Six, you know, 6'8", 362. How well does he carry that weight? What does he look like? 
um, in the drills. You know, you're going to be able to compare him against a lot of these other athletes. And so that's going to be something that I think teams are definitely going to be looking at for sure. Uh, and then uh, Josiah Israel out of uh, Eastern, uh, Eastern Kentucky, 6'6", 320. Another guy, you know, likely a right tackle, possibly kick inside the guard. Um, you know, this is going to be another chance, another opportunity to put his name out there as a potential uh, you know, late day three pick or a potential um, priority free agent. But teams are always going to be looking for offensive linemen, and so I think you know you've got a good crop here, a lot of uh, a lot of guys to cycle through, and like I said, you've got. A lot of versatility, guys that are left tackles, guys that are right tackles, guys that play both of those positions, guys that have uh, position at both tackle and guard, five position versatility, guys that can play all positions along the interior of the line. You got big physical guys, you got the athletes, the more finesse players. So a little bit of, of everything. Uh, a lot of converted tight ends this year too. That's another thing that I thought was, was super interesting with this, this draft class. So, like I said, I've got, I've got probably maybe anywhere between 47 to 50 offensive linemen drafted. When you think about that, 2022, there were 49. 2021, there were 48. So, right in that range, we're right in that wheelhouse. Now, the only tackle that I would say that was probably snubbed was Travis Glover, a guy that was kind of a late entry there to the Senior Bowl out of Georgia State. Uh, he's a guy that I think will still get a look at the next level. I don't know that he'll get drafted, but 6'6", 323 pounds, a guy that could be a tackle or a guard. Teams love that versatility, even as a priority free agent. I think he'll be a guy that'll, if nothing else, spend time on a practice squad. Um, so those are the offensive players to keep an eye out for, and the specialists, can't forget them. But those are the guys to keep an eye out for, mainly on Saturday, March the 2nd, and Sunday, March 3rd, with the tight ends as the one exception, because they'll be working out on the same day as the defensive backs. That's tomorrow, Friday, March the 1st. So that ha that does it for our combine preview. Now, after the combine, come back and we'll do a combine recap. We'll talk about both uh, the offensive and defensive standouts, like I've mentioned previously. I have a good feeling that you know, we'll spend some time talking about Dallas Turner, about Peyton Wilson. Those two guys, definite standouts. Look, Peyton Wilson, Edgerin Cooper, one and two in terms of uh, the off-ball linebackers. Jeremiah Trotter, not too far behind. Edge rushers, I think you see guys, again, solidifying their status there at the top. Went with Dallas Turner, Layatu Latu, Jared Verse, Chop Robinson, and, uh, you know, then a D-tackle, Byron Murphy as well. So a lot there to, to unpack, a lot to talk about. And I'm sure over the next three days, there will be a lot of other standouts and guys that, frankly, come out of nowhere and you have to go back and say, you know what, I did not expect that from him. I got to go back and look at the tape, both good and bad. I think there are some surprises, um, you know, from a negative standpoint as well. And you have to kind of scratch your head and go, wait, what did I just see there? You know, why is that time so slow? Um, and you have to go back and look at some of the films. So there'll be a lot to cover. And uh, obviously we're getting into the swing of things with you know free agency coming up and uh, mock drafts 
we'll be able to go ahead and, and break a lot of those things down. Um, you know, as the team needs really start playing out, then you'll really be able to have those mock drafts take shape even more. So enjoy your weekend, everyone. For readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Combine is here. It's a lot of fun to watch each and every year. Tune in to the NFL Network all weekend long. Enjoy the offense and defense. It's going to be a blast. Until next time, everyone, I am out of here.